episode 124, Kissed Opportunities. Well, all right. All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. That's what I'm talking about. Welcome to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills. And here we are live from the former Hall of Justice. Thank you for joining me today at our headquarters here at Podkiss Central. Today, we'll be talking about kissed opportunities. Things that the band should have done, could have done, or even your personal kissed opportunities. But before that, we would like to wish the one, the only, Gene Simmons a very happy birthday on August 25th. I've always loved KISS, and they've all meant something to me. Each member of the band, for the most part, has meant something to me. But Gene Simmons is kind of unique, and that's an understatement. I remember being a kid, and I remember watching those interviews on PM Magazine or wherever we'd get them from. And Gene would always talk about how you don't have to do drugs, or you don't have to drink, or you don't have to be anything. You just be you. Last-minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations. <laughs> No, but I will say something to anybody out there that's, you know, the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for. Don't think it's so weird. Maybe someday somebody will let you give you the chance to make a living out of it. You just stick to it. You'd be weird. And it really spoke to me. It has always kind of fueled my art, my work. Everything I've ever done, any band I ever started, even this show. So I personally would like to thank Gene Simmons for being an inspiration to me. And there's a lot of people that may say, Gene Simmons an inspiration? And I say yes, he really was. Speaking from my heart here. There were times that you would feel down and somehow or another that guy could just pick me up. And life is a trial by fire. And I'm going to live my life. Well, yeah. So thank you, Gene, for everything. And, of course, the one, the only Matt Porter in the fabulous Kiss Room did a birthday-themed episode where they had all the various demons of rock, all the various Kiss tribute members who were the particular demon in the group, the Gene in the group, and they got to come on. It was a very cool episode, and you should check it out. And I made some of these kind of goofy little bits like this where I wish Gene a happy birthday as not Gene, my character. So. This is Gene Simmons of the rock group KISS, and I'd like to say happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Gene Simmons. It's good to be me. Happy birthday to me. Now who's going to blow my candle out? You can have birthday cake and cheesecake. We'll be playing those throughout the episode. Kisses on tour. If you get a chance to see them, please do so. They're just tearing it up, and it's just absolutely amazing what they're doing. Do not miss this tour. Seriously. The band is on fire. If you love Kiss, this is the show for you. We'd like to give a shout-out to all of our fellow KISS podcasters and all of our podcasters who are not specifically KISS podcasters. We'd like to give a shout-out to everybody. It's just great being part of this family that we all have. Whether you're doing a dedicated KISS podcast or a non-dedicated KISS podcast, it's great to be part of this fellowship with you. I received a correspondence last night from one of our good friends, Jason MD. And Jason's in Japan. He wrote... 
Ken, I really dig your cross-promotion with various other KISS podcasts, and I especially appreciate your recent championing of Pot of Thunder. I also like your general positive vibe, too. I live in Japan, so to a certain degree, podcasts are a way of maintaining real-life contact with the language and how people talk with current slang and what's happening in music, and so on and so forth. I don't know if you realize this, for people like me living in non-English speaking countries, you guys provide not only entertainment and groovy kiss chat, but also connection with the past and with our youth, and with the stuff that we miss and may not be able to talk about where we are. So thanks for that. Well thank you Jason. Jason, it means a lot to hear from you and you're never far from us when you can just download us and we will keep you company. I'd like to also give a shout out to Jason Miller, and you know who you are. And I told you I would mention you on the show. Stay in there, stay strong, and stay amazing. And without further ado, here's Roland Sarazen, Jason Garrow, and myself talking kissed opportunities. And welcome to your podcast. I am Ken Mills, and today I'm joined by Roland Sarazen. Hi, everybody. And also Jason Garrow. Hello, everybody. How you doing? We're doing well. It's good to see you again. It is podcast time again. Here we are. We had an idea for an episode called Kissed Opportunity. And uh, Jason, when you were on the first episode of the podcast you were on, uh, you mentioned this, and I thought that would be a great idea for a topic, so I'm stealing it. <laughs> we are welcoming back both you and Roland, and Roland is a great friend of mine. He was the honorary best man at my wedding, and the only reason he couldn't be my best man is because my three stepsons <laughs> were my best man, but he he was our videographer, and he just, anything that was needed to be done, Roland did it, and He's a very good friend of mine and one hell of a KISS fan. He also helped us run the KISS fan site message board. And we've just had a lot of fun discussing KISS over the year. And I figured, why not bring him into things? He's been on the podcast two times before. So we welcome back Roland Sarazen. Always fun to talk to you, Ken, and everybody else. Hope you're all doing well. Hi, Jason. Um, this is going to be fun. The Red Falcon returns. Yeah, Red Falcon. I'm Nightwing, you're Red Falcon, let's go fight crime. You even designed, uh, Ken even designed a a makeup design, a Kiss makeup design for me once. Yes, I did. We'll have to see if we can dig that one out. (laughs) Red Falcon ever became a a member of Kiss. I forgot all about that. I was flattered. Yeah, it was very cool. So, what is a Kiss opportunity? I guess that we have to kind of set our parameters. This isn't things that KISS just should have done. These are things that you're surprised that it didn't happen, right? That's correct. Yeah, I would say so. And, and I would think these are not necessarily things that every individual fan out there says, I wish they would have done this, or such as on this album, I wish they would have included this or included that. That all works, but as far as a missed opportunity, you think of it as a missed opportunity for the band something that would have been good for the band. Right. From my perspective, it would have been cool to have some of these, uh, some of the items that I kind of came up with. I came up with a list and all through the years, uh, been a fan for 31 years, all these different ideas should have occurred in my opinion. It would have been great if they occurred, but I'm not, I, I love their, the history of the band, but definitely would have been nice if they had taken advantage of some of the opportunities that uh, they didn't identify, I guess, at the time. Maybe there was a reason for it. Um, 
direction of where the band was going and the music scene or, or whatever. Very good. I'm also sure that some of these things we're going to talk about were probably in the works at some point and just didn't pan out. Right. I think that's possible. Very true. Well, let's let's kick it off. Since you have 5,000 of them, Jason, I'd like you to pick one. <laughs> pick one? <laughs> one for that discussion. Because later, you know, we're going to run out of time, so we'll, we'll, we'll pick out... Uh, we'll, we'll we'll hit the high highlights of every point of yours, but ones that you feel are the strongest. Well, for me, it's always uh, odd to me. And I mentioned this in the last ep- the episode I was in was not having a live three with Eric Carr. Still can't get over that they didn't uh, that didn't happen. At least for maybe it's because he got sick, and maybe they were planning around hot in the shade. I even know that I read in a I think in a Cream magazine in the '80s. I seem to recall them saying they were working on. A live album they recorded some shows but it just seems very odd that they never put one out with Eric Carr now are you kind of looking at Animal Eyes live and uncensored as uh, kind of like what would have been on it or, or like what would you have envisioned um, I definitely think the Hot in the Shade tour because of all the amount of material they had at that point all the unmasked material and then bringing a lot of classics back I think that would have been the perfect opportunity to, to uh, do in a live three. And maybe that's why they did that when, after Eric Singer joined the band on the revenge, after the revenge tour, maybe it was in the works, but he was such a powerhouse for a drummer. I just, it's a shame that he was never on a live album. Never document it in proper kiss fashion. Uh, mm-hmm. as far as the live album goes, Roland, what, what do you think of that idea? Totally agree. And I, uh, agree with the hot in the shade tour as well. They had slowed down, uh, the tempo a little bit that had been sped up for the last few tours. Uh, it was much more of a celebration of the entire history of the band. Um, it seemed like Gene and Paul were just much more energized during that tour. They were back into, they were back into hits in a lot of ways. They, they kind of went away for a couple of tours there where it just, I, I can remember the stark difference between the Crazy Nights tour and the Hot in the Shade tour scene those two tours live. It's almost a night and day. I, I walked away from a Crazy Night show and I thought, well, 15 songs in 90 minutes, that's really the whole show? And I walked out of the Hot in the Shade tour just breath, absolutely breathless. It's the best show by far I'd ever seen. So that was that was definitely the tour to do it. And I would have loved to have Eric Carr on, on the left. I think Eric Carr has such a spot in our hearts as fans that uh, it's it's a shame i know that we all kind of look at animalized live and uncensored as the unofficial live <laughs> album in a sense it, it it it's a it's a great one you know I, I personally wore that thing out i don't know about you guys but that was that was a blast to to have that that's how i actually i discovered the band um i never had cable until i my freshman year of high school and that was in 85 and I recorded that MTV concert, and that's what got me hooked on the band. I watched it. I must have worn that thing out. I must have watched it a thousand times. Me too. Uh, that was probably two or three months at the most before the show I went to. So when Paul was doing his solo, going back and forth between each side of the stage, and doing, I was mimicking all the same hand gestures, and people are looking like, "How do you know he was going to do that?" <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, have to, I had the stage raps memorized, too. I probably still could do it. Oh, I, yeah. I'd have to... <laughs> All right, Jason, here... No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now, Jason Garrow with Paul Stanley in addition. Uh, anyway. I said, to honey, that ain't no pistol. <laughs> well, that's part of it. There was a long speech for that before I loved one. Yeah, absolutely. Roland? Yeah. You're up. Well, my number one... Uh, would be uh, an unplugged slash plug tour that followed the unplugged recorder with all six members at that time. Uh, Ace and Peter joining the revenge lineup at that point. And they could have gone and done, whether it was a big tour or a small tour, um, just the way that album was received and I just remember feeling something, seeing six members of KISS up on stage uh-huh. playing together. It was only for two songs, but there was a feeling there that I really hadn't felt in quite a long time. There, That was definitely a really special moment. I always felt like that could have been continued. Now, the only issue with that is the reunion tour may not have happened uh, and may never have happened, but that was really successful make up continuation of the band for so long um, probably wouldn't be where we are today but I really felt that would have been an amazing thing for the fans and I think I, I couldn't can't imagine any fan that wouldn't have wanted to go out and see that and some of it could have been acoustic some of it could have been electric they could have done the taking the requests like they did on the convention tour beforehand they really could have done something special with that. that. I always miss that they didn't do. Jason, what are your thoughts on an unplugged plug tour with six members? Actually, I think it's a really great idea. Uh, I know that the unplugged album was fantastic, just the stripped down sound and how great they were sounding um, as a band at that point. And just to have all those members there and, and all the different vocals that you'd get, which would be a trip, to have them on more songs than just the two. And then the, the, all the lead vocal opportunities for um, everyone sang, at least uh, on an album, uh, including including Bruce. I don't know if he would do that in a, uh-huh. plug, or a plug setting, but I think that would have been a great idea. Maybe a way to kind of even just see what kind of feel it out, what kind of interest would have been for a reunion show, and maybe doing a different kind of reunion show later on, on a bigger scale, maybe having more members join instead of just the core four. You know... Roland, you mentioned something you didn't know how it would impact the reunion. You, you might be onto something. It may have diminished it in a sense. But on the other hand, this is a kissed opportunity that could happen, like, let's say, next year. They could get Bruce, Peter, and Ace and do this. And you think about it, like, if they said, okay, we're only doing 10 shows and it's only a certain thing, you know, that we're going to do, do you think that it would be possible, Roland? Probably not at this point because. The brand at this point has been so secured. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people, whether fans out there like it or not, and we've certainly heard it from both ways. Right. This is by far uh-huh. the most stable lineup the band has ever had in its history. That's true. Um, and they, I just don't think that they would be willing to change it or add to it in any way. Right. Because for them, there really isn't a need. At the point of unplug, 
um, not that things were bad, but they did have to scale down. They probably couldn't have gone out to a big arena tour right. if they hadn't done. There was just no way with the Revenge lineup because of the way music was and income was just, the entire industry was just low in income. It, it, they just couldn't have gone out for another tour like the Revenge Tour, and the Revenge Tour wasn't incredibly successful, which it should have been, but it wasn't. They just couldn't do it. And so the, the reunion allowed them to keep doing that. At this point, they're just, they're cruising right along. I mean, they're selling out everywhere they're going. They're playing for, I guess you would say, the casual fans. They're playing the hits, and it's working really well for them. So I, I really doubt at this point that would ever happen. Which is why it was such a miss, kiss opportunity. Right. But like Jason said, all six members singing a chorus at the same time. It was so good. It was. It and, was. and nothing to lose where Eric Singer started out and then you got Peter Chris. And that was good stuff. Yeah. Well, what do you think of the rumors that Ace is going to come back? Uh, Jason Garrow, you know, ever since Paul and Ace worked together, we've kind of been seeing that. There's some podcasts that guys who we love, like KST, who said you pretty much bank on it. And there are other people saying it'll never happen. Where do you come down on that? Never say never with this band. <laughs> right? Absolutely true. They always, uh, in the past, they've much trash talking that goes on in the media. Next thing you know, they're hanging out. Or, you know, we saw Gene with Ace at a restaurant. Who knows what that was all about? It was just a friendly lunch. That was a few years ago, I believe. Yeah. And then you got Paul getting, then Paul and the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just, they're slamming each other. Well, at least it seemed to be more directed at St. Peter uh, at the time. But then they're recording in a studio, uh, fire and water, and who knows? Right. I certainly welcome it back, but I, I when I got into Kiss, it was, it's always been Gene and Paul. When I was into them in the 80s, it was just those, it was, they're the two originals and they had replacement members. So I'm, I'm kind of used to it. I wasn't around for to appreciate the originals. I think that's uh, maybe one of the more I can accept the changes that they make. Uh-huh. I'm just glad they're around after all these. Right, Roland. Any thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think it will happen personally, but Jason said never count anything out with this band. So anything is always possible. But uh, they're so stable; they're just rolling right along. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, you know, money's coming in, the shows are going great. Well, I don't you, see it happen. And you're seeing a lot of smiles within the band, whether it be on stage or off stage. I mean, we saw Kiss, <laughs> three-fourths of Kiss getting Andy's uh, custard the day after the show in Springfield. Yeah, and yeah. That, <laughs> you can tell that they're still really having fun. Uh, yeah. Could you imagine being that person... You know, behind the counter, and you like saw them the night before. Yeah. And here comes Paul Stanley, Eric Singer, and Tommy Thera to get ice cream, and and of course, have have you guys ever noticed that when Paul poses for photos, <laughs> he does this thing going? with his right leg, and yep. if if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out the cover of Dress to Kill. He does it there. I noticed it in that photo. It was the first thing I picked out. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so weird mentioned. because the, I don't think we put that together until what, Roland, like 2008 or something like that? He definitely knows that um, it's almost like a fashion 
pose in a way. He definitely knows to turn one side forward a little bit. Just do that partial turn. It's because uh, it's more flattering. You see that all the time in fashion. Photography. Yeah, it's it's just so weird because you see that time and time again. So if you've never noticed it, check out when Paul poses. He does this thing with his right foot. You'll you'll see it. Look on the cover of Dress to Kill. Yep, it's always hang on. <laughs> all right, shoot. And of I'll course, have to watch that when I meet them in uh, in September. I just do that with the. Uh, platform shoe or is it just more of the well he does it with the platform <laughs> shoe it's just not as noticeable like when he's wearing tennis shoes or dress shoes or you know regular boots it, it just it, it looks a little more odd when it's normal footwear as opposed to kiss footwear make sense yep so on our wonderful facebook page and we've got a lot of great people out there and they all have some really good senses of humor and there's we we, we kind of threw this question out what were some of the kissed opportunities and throughout the show we're going to be reading some of these first up is candy burton from canada hello candy you sweet thing a stop in toronto for the freedom to rock tour so it's, it's kind of sad she's sounds like she's missing out on kiss in toronto Ian Wadley of the Rock and Metal Podcast with Ralph Vieira. Ian says, should have stayed hard rock between 78 and 81. Well, <laughs> that could be a show all unto itself, I think. <laughs> and our, one of our podcast hosts, BJ Cramp, says, Kiss Records, and the first signing would have been Van Halen. That seems like a no-brainer, right, guys? That's a great I can't believe that that didn't happen. Yeah, it is kind of surprising. Um... They were doing pretty well at the time, and Gene was kind of getting into the producing thing. And I don't really know all the details of whether he wanted to sign them and they decided to go another way, or if he just started them and then they met Ted Templeton. I don't, I don't know all the details, but uh, yeah, Kiss Records would have been perfect at that time because they were branching out into all different types of uh, yeah. Well, I know if you read uh, Paul's book, for example, he talks about how he was interested in signing Van Halen as well but then he didn't want it to become something that would take the place of Kiss or get in the way of Kiss and I think Bill O'Coin just was like there's too much ego on the table I don't want to do a wrong decision you know well you can imagine uh, Gene and Paul and uh, David Lee Ross ego having to duke it out at some point that would have been and of course yeah And we want you to check out our episode on the book Van Halen Rising by author Greg Renoff, in which we did a reenactment of what it might have sounded like when David Lee Roth caught Gene Simmons in the studio with the Van Halen brothers. Oh, did you really? Oh, yes. That was, that was excellent. Eddie, actually, your playing is, is way too complicated. I'd like you to simplify this solo. It's, it's, it's very simple. It's a very simple rock and roll type song. We don't need that wheedly wheedly thing. Could you do a minor D7? Oh, God! Oh, my God. David Lee Roth, is that you? I didn't know you were coming today. This is Diamond David Lee Roth. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here, Gene Simmons? Woo! David Lee Roth, I'm so glad you're here. What in the hell is going on here? I'm sorry, David, what do you mean? Oh! 
Gene Simmons, you son of a bitch. I turn my back for two seconds and you grab the Van Halen brothers and drag them into this studio. Ah, oh, yes! You're trying to steal them and you're trying to keyhole my cargo and you're trying to kill all these guys like you're some kind of a friggin' pirate. Woo! Well, you can kiss my ass. Ah, oh, yes! Uh, listen, David, uh, I'm not trying to steal anyone. I'll tell you what, Gene Simmons, you carpet-bagging son of a bitch. It's as simple as this. These are my boys, and I'm taking them out of here. Oh! Ooh! David, I can assure you I'm not a carpet-bagger. I might be a carpet-muncher. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Gene Simmons, before this is done, bitch, I'm gonna burn, burn this whole damn thing down, bitch. Hmm, that's a good idea for a song. I should write that down. Let me see. Let me write that into my notebook. Burn, bitch. Okay. Yeah! I'll tell you what, man. You ain't no walking, talking miracle. And on the eighth day, man, you didn't do crap. <laughs> You'll think heaven's on fire. I'll tell you what. I'm not trying to steal anybody. No, we're just playing. Oh! We're just working on a song here. It's... Tell you what, Mr. Tongue, why don't you take that tongue and stick it right up your... Now, David, there's no need for that. Listen, David, I respect you. Listen, guys, I'm sorry if I caused trouble. I just wanted to get this demo done. Uh, whatever, tongue man. Alex, why don't we jump on out of here? And Eddie, why don't we just beat it? Later, Waldo. <sighs> Some days it doesn't pay to be a rock god. Who did the Roth part? Me. That was you? Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm the man of a thousand do, faces. I, I, I do, you do a great Gene Simmons, but... Well, thank you. Yeah, it's... Um, I was going to say, too, uh, that I think Bill O'Coin had meant... Didn't he mention that he... Uh, when he heard the music, he wasn't... That Gene had... I think it was the demo where they, had, yeah. they saw the band. They flew him out to New York and... And they just then, weren't uh, playing as well as he had envisioned, I guess. Well, they were playing with lines. Kiss's equipment, too. It wasn't their rig. It okay. wasn't their setup. And they kind of, they just thought they were doing a meeting and Gene says, here's, you guys play for them. And Bill O'Coin regrets not going to see them in their element. Because... I will say too, the Gene demo, when I listened to that, it, it's definitely night and day compared to when I've heard some demos they did with uh, Ted Templeman. And prior to the album release, it just, and if you look, even the first album, it's just so different. It has more, almost a kiss kind of sound to it uh -huh. without being kissed but it has that kind of a love gun kind of sound to the band yeah like, and he didn't have that brown sound to his guitar right. tone on those demos agreed up on my kissed opportunity and I think the first one is a set of kiss baseball cards for the Phantom of the Park movie to me that seems like such a no brainer because Man, those those Donruss cards are just so amazing. I think every Kiss fan loves those. If 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 you if you didn't get to experience that, you need to check them out. There's something so cool about them, right, Roland? And that gum is uh, probably still pretty good too. <laughs> that stuff lasts forever. <laughs> yeah, those cards. Well, I got I got a funny story about that actually. So my son got a bunch of baseball cards for Christmas. They're from like 1990. Uh huh. And he opened, he opened up the pack and had a gum in it, and he started to chew it. The expression on his face, <laughs> you can imagine. Now made with real kiss blood. You, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine where you, 
you know, like let's say a week before the movie came out, you would have gotten the cards and it would have said on the back, Abner Devereaux is a scientist. It would have, you know, it would have been so cool. And here's Gene fighting the mummy. It just would have been fantastic. It seemed like such a no-brainer. Kiss arriving at the park to fight Abner Devereaux. It's just, it should have happened. It seems insane that it didn't. Yeah, and all the uh, extra characters, too. The little white furry robot monkeys. Yeah, the robot monkeys. Yeah. I, I still don't know what they are. Were monkeys, I call them. Cause I always thought at the end of the movie that those uh, that the little monkeys would have turned good. And, and I wanted I wanted to see them, like, hugging Kiss at the end. I don't know why. Probably so, just because I was so young. But I wanted those guys to, to kind of turn good at the end. It's like, don't, don't make the were monkeys evil. Yeah, they could be evil, and then at the end, oh, look how cute. <laughs> Wear monkeys. <laughs> Here they come. Anyway, that's another show. <laughs> On the cards thing, I like that idea anyway. I just want to mention that I do like that because it would have promoted the movie. Yeah. Uh, and they, but maybe when they were in the theater and they saw it together, and Paul said he was kind of like sinking in his seat. Maybe they were planning <laughs> to the cards, but then they watched, they did the viewing. And scrapped everything after that. Yeah. But, yeah. And they um, really couldn't have done action figures because it was the same costume. So they had already done it with the, the, the Mega dolls. Right. So, Jason, let's do another one of your picks. Oh, I have so many on my list. What to choose? Got to choose. Yeah, you got um, to choose. Let's say I'll go with the first one I had on my list, which was the uh, concert. No, There wasn't a concert film during the 70s. Mm. Which, and Kiss is such a visual band. Maybe it's just because they're out there so much, but it seems odd to me. And, and of course, uh, VHS and what was it, Beta around that time hadn't really taken off. Maybe that was part of it, but I think that would have done pretty well in the theaters. Maybe during their, after their Alive 2 album, when they had a bit of a break with between, in between the, um, before they did the solo albums, or while they were doing the solo albums put that out to the theaters to keep the uh, product going. Keep your name out there. Right. I was going to say Left Gun Alive, too. That would, that would definitely have been the time for that. We have the Houston bootleg movies on Kissology Ology 2 or 1? Mm-hmm. 1. And it just, obviously, it's not dark. It's not the perfect. It's a, I mean, it's basically it was something they recorded, I think, through the uh, normal camera cameras they use at that particular arena but it would have been great to have a professional video recording of it put it out there for in the theaters and then we could still be enjoying it to this day on blu-ray or whatever yeah like for example if you open up the dynasty tour book where you have uh where peter's in the jungle and ace is in the space environment it would have been cool to see them do something where you would have got to follow those characters into their own little element not necessarily in the dynasty costumes or whatever, when, you know, whenever they would have done it. But it would have been part of that thing. Because I remember seeing, like, Led Zeppelin and their movie, which, when they weren't playing, was almost unwatchable, by the way, to me. I'm sure somebody out there is mm-hmm. going, what? You know, but uh, to me, if they would have done a movie, it would have been where you had like fantasy aspects like little vignettes for each member but then it would go back to the live show 
Because if you're going to, to make something that's going to play in theaters, I think that's the way to go. They were developing the characters at that point, too. Yeah. More so than they had in the beginning. So it would have been a good opportunity. Roland, good. As, a, as a filmmaker, what do you think about that idea? Uh, I think that's a good idea. Probably would have worked uh, really well. Talking about a kissed opportunity, you know, when they shot the concert stuff for Phantom of the Park mm-hmm. at Magic Mountain... I mean, there it is. You got them set up. You got an audience. You know, do a show and record it. That that was the time. Wow. You know, I never thought about it in those terms, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it, that's a that's definitely a kissed opportunity for sure. Yeah, wow. because the fighting on stage and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they didn't need the audience there for that. Right. You know, the audience. They probably did some playback and and lip-syncing kind of like making a video to shoot all that live stuff but they could have capped that off with a full concert right maybe they did i really don't know Um, if they did do a concert they probably played for the crowd god that would be such a holy grail kind of thing if yeah i mean you got you got the cameras you got the film and the cameras that would hold up today on blu-ray if it was shot on film surely by now that would have been released right absolutely ken don't call me Shirley. <laughs> but do you think because they're promoting the band, still promoting this band, has been together 12 years now that they're that could be holding off, and maybe it's an opportunity that they're thinking about after the band retires. Jason, don't um, get my hopes up on this. I can't really. take another crushing blow. Don't don't do this to <laughs> me, bro. Bro, don't do. I was I always feel like they've got something up their sleeve though that they're. It just seems odd to me that they haven't. I mean, the kissologies, yes, but there's got to be. I would definitely agree with Roland. I think there's. I wouldn't even think there's got to be a whole concert film, and they just picked out what they wanted from that. Bro, you're you know, killing album. me. I can't get. I can't afford to get my high, my my sights that high. I can't. I can't dream like that. <laughs> don't do this to me, bro. Bro, yeah, I mean, don't do this to yeah. me, bro. Bro, shot. Alive two or pro shot creatures. I mean that those uh, those are the two holy grails. Yeah, absolutely. So Roland, I'm gonna go with another missed tour opportunity, and this time I'm going to. This one might be a little polarizing, but I'm going to go with a symphony stadium tour after uh-huh. symphony slash alive four. Uh, that was incredibly well received, at least in Australia. I know. And having a full symphony could have definitely warranted uh, baseball stadiums, football stadiums, things like that. A couple of uh, bands had done that before, mm-hmm. uh, just one-off shows here and there. But I think this could have pulled that off as a tour. Maybe that didn't happen because Bear was brand new in the band. Maybe it didn't happen because things were shaky with Peter at the time. Who knows? But uh, I think that could have been a lot of fun. I agree that could have been cool Uh, you know what I think really would have made that happen if I don't want to miss a thing by Kiss oops sorry that's not the name of the song let's see that was called (laughs) nothing can keep me from you would have been a huge hit I think that we would have that would have helped promote that you know what I'm saying yeah that that song kind of came and went yeah (laughs) The, the biggest moment in the sun it got was during the credits of Detroit Rock City. And speaking of Detroit Rock City, 
Owen Dorhinge Walton on the podcast Facebook page writes, making an actual comedy blockbuster out of Detroit Rock City, although the original movie is underrated. I, I always enjoyed that movie myself. Roland, did you dig it? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought it would be the first of more movies that had Piss Incorporated into it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's kind of a weird time for the band. It, it seemed like everything was okay, but seemed I don't like. know. Like, people will talk about how how dysfunctional the recording was of Psycho Circus and, and how, how weird it is, and I'm like, I think it's a perfect document of what that band was at the time and what they could deliver. I think it, it sums everything up about that era. Your thoughts, Jason? I like the movie. I thought it was, I think they were trying to write the ship for the other movie they did a bit, which I think <laughs> it was definitely an improvement. Although the other one is, I think, more so campy that it's classic. But I like the comic book aspect it kind of had throughout the, the movie. Um, seemed to have that going for it. Uh, it was decent. Yeah. To me, I think people expect too much out of it. it you, you don't get Animal House every time up at bat, but it's it to me it's a pretty darn funny movie. It's it's a nice Saturday afternoon kind of thing. And off the podcast Facebook page, we have Brian Thuvenal who has some some really nice ones. Uh, a Kiss Saturday morning cartoon. My God, why didn't that happen? And when you think about it, as in terms of coming off Kiss meets the Family of the Park, sure that movie may have been an embarrassment to the band at the time but the ratings were really good for that weren't they Roland isn't it your understanding that the ratings were good for that Uh, I think at the time it did pretty well uh, for television especially since there were only three networks at the time so Mm -hmm. I think they did alright with it it certainly held up for us as fans maybe only for uh, us, but it's 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 held up. <laughs> but you know, it's it's weird that you would have thought that the machine that got them to the to to that Saturday Night movie would have gotten them to the cartoon thing because it would seem like, look, we have this commodity. Let's turn it one more time, and especially since they were involved with Hanna Barbera on that movie. Right. It just seems like a no-brainer or another kissed opportunity. Brian also goes on to say a breakfast cereal, a clothing line, a chain of pizza parlors, <laughs> a TV series, their own television channel, which I'm surprised didn't happen to be honest with you. Kiss Rock Television or something. It just sounds like something Gene would have maybe finagled, you know. And then he says a biopic movie, to which our good friend Mark Konzorowski says, dude, they had a biopic movie. It's called Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park, and it tells how the talisman turns them into superheroes. So (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Gene Simmons, you powerful and attractive man. Happy birthday to me. It's good to be me. And then Matt Porter, the Matt Porter, good friend and uh, fellow podcast 
podcast host. Uh, he says, Kiss World, a traveling amusement park. I'm actually surprised that that didn't happen. That was discussed, yeah. wasn't it, at one point? Yeah. They mentioned it during the Tom Schneider interview. And if they were ever going to pull it off, I think it would have been the two times, either 78 or during the reunion time. And I think uh, I'm actually surprised that they didn't have it set up where you could go and ride rides in the, the uh, park and set up a carnival and push a bunch of merchandise to people and then see the concert at night. Not a good idea. Roland? Would have been fun. That yeah. would have been really fun. Uh, wasn't even Gene talking about that as little as 10, 15 years ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So who knows? And uh, one last shout-out from the Facebook page for now. Terry Coleman says they had a breakfast here in Australia. But even Bruce Jenner was on every box of cereal at one point back in the day, but look what happened to him. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just let that lay there. Okay, so one of my kissed opportunities going to my list is I'm surprised that there wasn't a third Marvel comic using the Dynasty costumes. From what I understand, Marvel kind of wanted to say, well, yeah, this is selling great for us, but we want to own the characters so that we can put them in regular Marvel comics. Which, think about that if that would have happened. You know, Kiss would have been fighting alongside Captain America and the X-Men all the time. They, they, they could have been an on-running, ongoing series. But I can see where Kiss might have uh, said, no, we're not going to let you have that. But, on the other hand, I can just imagine a really cool Dynasty Kiss costume uh, comic book you know what i mean i was gonna say i think that also around that time they were trying to appeal to a younger audience and maybe it would have been a good opportunity just from that aspect yeah roland and if you also consider where marvel is at right now with uh, <laughs> these comic books taking off again and brand new storylines yeah so That's just think if, if 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 kiss would have done that if kiss would have said you can have the comic rights to marvel we might be seeing kiss as comic book characters in movie theaters now. Think about that. Owned yeah. by Disney, the mind reels. The, the demon in his 30-foot-long tongue weapon. Yes. You know. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Take that Kiss Meets the Phantom and put it on steroids. Yeah. Gosh. Of course, nowadays, the, the way comics are, it would be a dark and gritty kiss. So, you know lot of conflict and angst but that's another discussion for another show as well I, I think the demon would have been more interested in Black Widow than <laughs> oh yeah um, he would contemplating have used, his uh, existence yeah he would have used that 30 foot tongue on her for sure yeah, the Hulk's got that the Hulk's big and green but check this out <laughs> and the widow's got back so yeah I, I can see that I can see that very good Wow, just think, Kiss could have wound up in the Marvel movies now. Gosh, that is a Kissed opportunity. Well, Jason, we've rolled around to another one of your choices. Fire away. skip around. I've got on my list of about 9,000 here. Um, <laughs> and again, no knock on the band. I love the band, everything they do. But, but if I had to pick another one, I would, I would definitely say Live 4 after the reunion tour with Eddie, Kru uh, Eddie Kramer producing. Mm -hmm. um, I know when that 
I was so hungry for the, the live music from the band. The concert I saw up in Montreal was phenomenal. Sounded really, they sounded great. And I would love to have had that on a CD, a properly produced CD, um, but it just didn't happen. And I, I know in 98, I did get the Psycho Circus bonus disc that had the six songs on it. Yeah, from Terry Hawk, Indiana. That was really good. That was really yeah. good. Something along those lines. But, um, that's when they came out in 2000, I just, I still have a hard time listening to it. But um, it would have been great to capitalize on the live band at that point. They were putting a lot of compilations out. It would have been great just to do a live album with the original four at that point. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, that didn't happen. And you probably know this better than I do. The Alive 4 that was never released. Yeah. And there's a, I mean, front cover for it with all four of them and lots of fire. When was that done and why was it not released? I believe that was done on New Year's Eve as they went, you know, from 1999 to 2000. So so New Year's Eve that, that day. That's Psycho Yeah, around okay. there. And... Actually, it, it is it is out. You can get it on the Kiss Live box set that has like uh, a live on one disc and a live two on one disc and so on and so forth. They yeah. threw that in as a bonus, and it's a great package to pick up. I recommend it to Kiss fans. Get it while you can. And uh, it was cool because when they were having you know the record club things were still happening, you could get that for like five ninety nine. So you got all of the Kiss Alive's and the bonus disc with a really cool packaging and a really neat book that came with it it was it was uh it was something i couldn't pass up i actually was buying them and just handing them to people <laughs> but the show is plotting and it just is so slow yeah i definitely agree with jason that, that the reunion tour the alive worldwide tour that would have been an amazing uh alive four because I don't know that I was unhappy when they announced the, the reunion, but I was. But my thought was, God, the band right now is so good, and then we're going to yeah. go back to this. And then once the tour had, had kicked in a little bit, I bought a bootleg VHS of one of the Madison Square Garden shows mm-hmm. and watched it. And just and again, that was it was that old magic feeling that hadn't been there in kind of a little bit of time and i kind of went okay i get it now this is definitely where what they should be doing yeah and so that would have made a pretty amazing life for and i think one of the madison square garden shows were a compilation of those three shows put together as a live album would have been agreed the perfect yeah the perfect shows vote for matt porter for president he's the only choice it's the only thing that makes sense Matt Porter believes that there's this party and there's that party, but there is only one rock and roll party. Elect Matt Porter, 2016. Let your voice be heard. Matt Porter promises a winner winner chicken dinner in every pot. Matt Porter will bring the Kiss Room platform to everyone. Matt Porter for the rock and roll party. Well, before we go on to your next pick, Roland, we have a few more of our interactions from our Facebook page. Christine Wolf writes, as much as Gene loves sweets, a line of Kiss Frozen Cheesecakes. You just think you could do a different flavor based on a, the characters or something that they might like. That was... <laughs> that's a good Love one. It. Because we all know that Gene loves cheesecake. 
So there you go. And steak. Oh, and steak. And, you know, you can have steak and, and cheesecake. cheesecake. Yes, yes, very good. What a weird interview that was. <laughs> you just expected them to keep going on. And you can have hot fudge and salt and pepper. And, you know, where's this going to end, guys? You can have rolls with your salad. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Andrew Jacobs writes, It's My Life should have been on Creatures, and the demo version of It's My Life should have been included in the box set instead of the terrible 1998 recording of it. Brian Thuvenal also writes that that song should have been a hit. I agree, it should have been a single, and I don't know why Paul didn't like it ever, but that's, uh, that's a whole nother episode. So, Roland, your, your, uh, your kissed opportunity. Well, I have one more. All mine seem to revolve around uh, live live performances. Mm -hmm. uh, and this has been talked about forever and is still talked about as a possibility. But a big final blowout show. The final, the true final kiss show ever. Uh, probably up to four hours or something if you can think about how much history you'd have to cover all members past and present being involved um, just blowing out all the stops mm -hmm. uh, you know that's been talked about forever nowadays with being able to put out live shows and being able to make money for years and years and years so definitely seems like they missed out now again you have to go back and say well we wouldn't be where we were now if we were going to do it because it seems like at the end of the farewell tour would have been the time to do that just doubt you could get everybody together to agree to something like that at this point. But uh, that's a good one, Jason. Any thoughts on that? There could have been talks of doing that, but maybe they had bigger plans. They had a farewell tour. They kept saying this was it, but maybe they, in the back of their mind, they knew they wanted to carry on, sell that farewell tour, make the money by calling it a farewell tour, knowing that it was going to be a farewell to the. And they could say, "Oh, it was a farewell to the original members," which they have stated since then. Mm -hmm. um, if it was part of the plans maybe it's still part of the plans i got to imagine it'll come about again as they near the end what a you know to make a lot one big uh, opportunity to make a lot of money i think that I, I still think it'll happen it's a great idea and of course kiss fans have taken this idea and they've run with it like to where people set up these fantasy scenarios where like okay for the first half an hour they come out and and they're they're wearing the you know what what they wore uh on the first album and then and then another 40 minutes they do the hotter than hell set and and they change the costume and then they then they change costumes again and it sounds like it's too ponderous it's never going to happen there's no way that that's going to happen they're not going to recreate the costumes just for this amount and they're not going to do that many costume changes this isn't disney on ice or the rockettes this is kiss they're going to come out and breathe fire spit blood and dance and rock and roll so yeah kiss fans really want to take it usually to the ninth degree if you will that's why i like the idea of a of a symphony tour because mm -hmm. you could have had very much like the symphony show it could have been a few different phases you know there could have been three acts of that tour Mm -hmm. And a the you know a final show 
with all the members of KISS, you can certainly do that. But as far as getting in and out of those costumes without screwing the makeup up and all that kind of stuff, it yeah. seems a little impossible. Yeah, very much so. Eric Miller from the Facebook page and the Great Pods and Sods Network says, The Elder Movie. Now, Roland, when when The Elder came out, did you think that there was going to be an an Elder movie? I know I did. It it certainly seemed to fit, um, especially with the uh, bit of narration in the album. Mm -hmm. It's definitely telling a story, although when I think I was 11 when it came out, and I, I didn't exactly get everything about the story, but as it turns out, that's because the tracks were kind of yeah. mixed up a little bit. So yeah. What is this rose that we're under all of a sudden? What's what's going on here? So, But yeah, it, it seemed like a really good idea, of course. And, you know, 16 Magazine, which we got our marching orders from 16 Magazine back then, and Circus Magazine and Hit Parader and everything else, they talked about it like it was a, a movie already in production, and if you look at the back of the album cover... There's Christopher Makepeace's name, and it just seemed like this was going to happen. And I kept waiting and waiting and waiting for the announcements. <laughs> of course, they also talked about music from The Elder to War of the Gods, which would have been a sequel to the album had it been a hit. So, wow. So it could have been. Could have been amazing. Yeah. And that, that, see, it definitely has a look and of a champion. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looks like a it looks like it looks like a soundtrack and it plays like a soundtrack. Uh-huh. Didn't the History Science Theater guys do an elder movie? Could be wrong on that, but maybe it's already been done. So it's I don't know. There was a trailer yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Some some somebody was trying to get a Kickstarter going and it it just didn't look anything like what I envisioned it would be. It seemed like it was more uh an apocalyptic dystopian world as opposed to like King Arthur type stuff, you know, running about with horses on ships and things like that. Not horses on ships, but you know what I mean. Swords well, I and think stones. Missed opportunity or not, I think that one's probably hey, up. Roland, Roland. Now come on. You're on the show called Kissed Opportunities. Let's let's get it right. Kissed Opportunities or not, <laughs> I think that one is uh Probably off the table for those guys at this point. Yeah. Eric Miller also goes on to say that when Eric and Vinny joined, they came as new characters in terms of makeup. When they put the makeup back on during the reunion and Peter and Ace were leaving, they could have brought new players with new characters. Eric, Singer, and Tommy uh, getting new characters. Of course, we've we talked that several times. And some people, <laughs> Brian Thuvenal went on to say that this could get ridiculous. I don't want to see the walrus, Sasquatch, the angel, and the moon child. It would start looking like a children's TV show in a sense and look ridiculous. And Eric said back, the, the star child is okay. The moon child is ridiculous. We are talking kiss here. So... <laughs> What a good sense of humor everyone has. That's cool. All I can say is good points on both sides. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, I'm Gregory Peck. As we look back on important days in history, we have to look at the life of Joseph Kiss Sr., the founder of Kiss. His brave trip where he rocked across the Delaware happened on this day in history. He would later go on to address Congress. Here is part of his memorable speech. 
you know, as I was talking to some of our fair constituents in yonder hallway, I was reminded that many of them like to drink vodka and orange juice. My question that I put before Congress here today is how many of you believe in rock and roll? If so, my good man, I beseech thee that you stand up for what you truly believe in. After rousing applause, even Benjamin Franklin, who suffered from a severe case of the gout, rose to his feet. The seeds of greatness had been planted, which would lead to the slaves being freed, freedom of speech, rocking and rolling all of the night and partying every day. We hold these truths to be self-evident. One Gregory Peck on important days in history. I just want to acknowledge this. Um, I'm hoping I'm saying your name right. Javier Boaster. Yes. Said that uh, shouted out loud should have been used as a commercial for shout stain remover. That is by far the most brilliant product placement I could ever think of. Javier, that's brilliant. And it would have worked perfectly during the reunion tour when it seemed like every magazine and every show was had some sort of kiss connection. That would have been the perfect time. Well, actually, you know, they did do this. So let's let's check out what this would have sounded like. When you've got a tough stain that you can't get out. Oh, my God, there's blood on my uniform. What should I do, Paul? That's right. When you've got a tough stain, so hard and so heavy, nothing can get it out. You've got to shout it out loud with shout laundry detergent. Nothing rocks harder to take out tough stains. Thanks, Paul. Look, the stain's gone. Now if only Bill Clinton would have listened to us. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, well, it's got to be a blood stain. If, yeah. if you're going to do it, it's got to be. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I'll tell you how to get that out. Shout it out loud! And then, boom, you know. <laughs> I mean, if I could make Reason to Live into a Snickers commercial, I could sure as fuck do that. <laughs> uh, we're stupid but we have fun life is good life is good so Jason another one of your kissed opportunities since you only have 12,000 more left performing select studio albums from front to back in concert and with that the stage design that was used for that tour back I, I know that on the message boards a lot of fans their stage I think their stage is still fantastic but they'd like to see the uh, bring back some of those elements of the classic days, even though it was on a smaller scale. It just remember it um, and bring back a lot of memories for folks if they were to do that. And just would be way cool, in my opinion. A lot of bands do that front to back albums. They'll select uh, selected albums. They'll pick out. I mean, they do that with live, but I mean, it'd be great on one of the studio albums for them to do that. In my opinion, you know, Vegas seems like the the place to do that too. And it seems like over the last few years they've been doing this thing where they will play in Vegas for a while. It seems like if you're going to do something like where you could get, let's say the Kiss did the first three albums front to back, 
that would be the place to do it and they could record it it's all set up and every night could be a different thing i think that kiss fans would eat that up what what's your guys opinion on the cruise coming up how much of creatures do you think they're gonna get i heard front to back but i would be really surprised they did that but it'd be awesome and i saw where paul has uh that same guitar i don't know how much we'll get of it but it'll be fun to see what happens this is going to be the summer of creatures for us here we're going to do a couple episodes back to back based on creatures not so much the album but the tour and why it's so beloved among fans so be looking out for that i can't wait for that yeah it's gonna be awesome awesome creatures is my favorite kiss album yeah mine too and the first tour i saw too Terry Coleman writes, not selling the song Who Wants to Be Lonely to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire so that the uh, the song would have had to been rewritten to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Who Wants to Be Winning Tonight. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So there you go. <laughs> Joey Haney writes in from his Rock Strikes 10 podcast, Kiss not lawyering up to get their masters back from Universal. That, that seems to be a kissed opportunity right there. And he also talks about a Vegas run where they do 20 show, and each show focuses on a different studio album. Philly Ong also chimes in and says there should have been a Kiss cartoon series in the 70s. Brian Thuvenal says Kiss Rock Band video game. And that does seem like a major Kiss opportunity because Kiss was, you know, with the Psycho Circus, uh, what was that game called? The Nightmare Child. Yeah, The Nightmare Child. It, it seemed like they were there already, you know, that they, they had made inroads into that arena. I'm surprised that that didn't happen. I mean, Aerosmith rock band. I know that Aerosmith is thought of as having a bigger FM radio thing, but visually, what does Aerosmith bring to the table that Kiss doesn't? You know what I'm saying? And then you have the option where you could have had fans buying downloadable content to get different costume variations. It just seems like... If you're going to do that, the Beatles and Kiss are the two bands that really, visually, are, are, are so different from beginning to end and so visually interesting that it would make sense. I can't understand that. That is definitely a Kiss opportunity to me. Roland, your thoughts? Yeah, it's hard to believe it doesn't exist. Um, <clears throat> plus that they could have sold the hardware you know, the actual guitars. Oh, my God. And you would have had Gene's bass, the, the axe. Yeah. Wasn't there a Gene, wasn't there an axe guitar hero guitar that was put out at some point? It wasn't for the Kiss version, but I could have sworn there was. Hmm, I, I don't remember that. But, gosh, it seems like it would be a definitely Kiss opportunity there for that as well. Would you have gotten into it, uh, Jason? I have more fun doing actual rock band. <laughs> <laughs> on my drums and guitar, but I I think it would have been cool anyway. I, I'm surprised they did it because even I'm a big Van Halen fan, and even for them to put something out, although it was with Wolfie on bass, was surprising to me because they don't put a lot of product out there. For a band for Van Halen to do that and not Kiss, it just seems very strange to me. But yeah, definitely a missed opportunity. It's a, a, a Kiss opportunity. That's a real good one. It's so huge. I mean, rock band huge at the time, and guitar here. They could have done. Oh. Hello, this is Gene Simmons of the Rock Group Kiss. You know, since we're celebrating my birthday, you may have to wonder, what do you get the man who has everything? I say, more. 
I was recently on an episode of the Decibel Geek with Aaron Pontiac, I mean Firebird, I mean Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak, and we did an episode called Should Have Been a Single, and which we discussed songs that, you know, it's kind of like another version of Kissed Opportunities, so if you want to check that out, we encourage you to check out Decibel Geek's Kissmas in July. They did a whole fantastic bunch of shows that you need to check out as a KISS fan. They, they always do gr- a great job over there. One of the things that, that we talked about is, yes, God of Thunder was released on the B-side of Flaming Youth. On the other hand, there's a song called Godzilla from Blue Oyster Cult, which was a huge radio hit for them. I think everybody knows that song. You know it, Roland, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Jason? Yep. Oh, yeah. I think that God of Thunder could have been as big as Godzilla had it been pushed as an A-side. And it also would have helped steer people back to, wow, Kiss is this and this, you know, like steak and cheesecake, because you've got Beth, you've got Detroit Rock City, and then you've got this other thing. But back then, albums were released at such a breakneck pace that they didn't dwell on that the the 45s you basically had your one two and if it didn't hit you move on to the next thing but i think that god of thunder should have become a radio staple in the same way that godzilla did your thoughts roland sarazen i think it is definitely possible do you know on that tour or subsequent tours when the makeup was still on was that the song that was used during gene solo Yes, it it became the blood song. It went from a hundred thousand years to God of Thunder. It you know one of the things Ezrin tried to do was take Kiss to a different level, where every person on every person in the band got a, a spotlight, and it he kind of envisioned this can be with that, so it'll make it more impactful. And you know by God it it worked. It, it came to a point where, you know, oh, and, and the guy spits blood to like, and then he spits blood. Because it's, it's an epic, it, it really is an epic song for it. You know what I'm saying? It, it fits the theme of the album, I think, better than any other song right. on the album. So I think that the record company not pushing God of Thunder was a big kissed opportunity. Jason, your thoughts on that? I think it also really fits the image of the band. I think of the I think of Kiss. Gene is always the one that people identify with. Right. You see that one picture of Kiss. If it's Gene, you know it's Kiss. Right. And the, and the song itself really goes with the image, in my opinion. It right. Really well. And it's a killer song. So. I so, wonder if uh, having a little boy say "I don't want to do it tonight" in the middle of that song had anything to do with that not being really. <laughs> This was the 70s. I mean, it was a such a screwed up decade. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, you have a few more on your list. Would you fire them off? Uh, not having the other members sing lead on albums, um, basically from Look It Up through Crazy Nights. Yeah. Second wave of remasters with bonus tracks, including the Van Halen demos. You always see bands are remastering. And expanded box sets and things like that. 
Right. And the first remasters were, well, it was almost 20 years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because CD sales aren't what they used to be, but. Right. And sadly, with it. like the, the sales of The Last Love Gun remastered, what did what'd they call that? Love Gun Reloaded? What was it? I know it was Destroyer Resurrected. It is called Love Gun, I thought. I don't think they had a special name for it. Oh, okay. Could be mistaken. Yeah, but the, the recent two disc Love Gun set that they put out that had the. Uh, demos on it and stuff like that and of course the famous Paul teaching you how to play Love Gun with a creepy deep voice it, that, I guess that that didn't sell all that well so who knows what we will get along those lines it's kind of sad I think if they had had that's where they had the Van Halen brothers on that it would have obviously been huge I'm not sure why they can't get that uh, why Gene can't work that out with those guys but I think it may reason. come down to as something as simple as he promised them uh, that he wouldn't release until he had their approval. So, you know, it may come down to that. Your next one? Next one. Uh, offering MP3 shows on Kiss Online for sale, covering their entire career, similar to what Metallica does. Yeah, that could have been cool. It's, I always envisioned the Kiss DVD of the Month Club, where <laughs> they could offer shows from any time period and just print as many as they have orders for and boom Bob's your uncle and nowadays we would do that with video downloads Roland wouldn't don't you think that Kiss could do that still to this day I don't see there's any reason why they couldn't offer all different types of media directly so that the money goes right to the band the fans get exactly what they want yeah right they they could be the the Louis CK of the of the rock world yeah and now, now I do think that what their recent record deal stopped them from being able to offer current MP3s of the shows because they were doing the Live Nation thing. You know, bringing that up as a kissed opportunity, I see no reason why the band shouldn't have released the last two albums digitally directly on their site rather than go through walmart or whatever they took they probably made a ton of money from walmart but to actually have to physically print albums and things like that even at the time when sonic boom came out i mean that was almost a thing of the past at that point and it's definitely past now right uh yeah just just you know we're the band here's our music buy it if you like you know everybody knows how to get the kiss online so well let me ask you this question there's one kiss song that we don't have that kiss recorded and it is from the scooby-doo meets kiss movie and it is don't touch my ascot would you buy a download of that for 99 cents from kiss online roland uh yes i would jason absolutely i've got pretty much everything by the band um (laughs) you know i would too (laughs) It, it seems like come on just do that even be a nice little chunk of change i mean it, just out of the three of us it's we're three for three so if you take that across you know everybody out there wearing a, t- a kiss t-shirt might snag that for 99 cents what are you waiting for let's do it yeah uh it's it's weird that that is something that you may not think as a kiss fan boy i really want that track but it's goofy enough that i as a kiss collector and a kiss fan i want that in my uh <laughs> Uh, musical holster, if you will, for my love gun. So, yeah, yeah. If we're willing to buy, you know, a Scooby-Doo movie, I'm sure we're willing to buy the song. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 
You also write, not capitalizing on the strong, heavy, Alive 2 studio tracks when Dynasty was released. Explain that, Jason. This seems odd to me that they put out these heavy tracks, and I think you've even brought that up in the past. That... Oh, yes, it was a matter of much heartbreak for me. <laughs> Here they are going back to this, I mean, they got this real heavy sound, and it just seems odd to me that they decided to go more of a polished disco move. Well, it wasn't all disco, but they at least have a disco song on the album. I would think they want to state their roots, and I think they wanted to, but I think they were being pushed by management. I think they wanted, maybe it's because they wanted to go to a broader audience, the younger audience. When they're going to Super Kiss, I think that was the, maybe that was the vision. Yeah, I think I mean, once... Something more friendly, fan-friendly. Yeah, I think once Paul wrote, I was made for loving you, once he figured out that they could do that, they were like, oh, yeah, this is, this is what we're doing. Here we go. You can. I, I really think Paul was very proud of that song, don't you think, Roland? Uh, yeah, I agree. But those songs on side four of Alive Two were so good. Mm-hmm. I, re- I, I totally agree. I wish there could have been an album. Yeah. That session. The new songs that were on Killers mm-hmm. were those songs that were meant for the album they were going to do, but then replaced it with the Elder, or were those songs that were written? after the album. From what I understand, those were songs that were... Well, hold on. Let's look that up real quick. I don't want to say something stupid. Does that make sense, what I'm asking? Yeah. Because they were going to do a real... uh, They were going to do a return to the hard rock stuff, but then they did The Elder. But then Killers came out, which had some really good hard rock original songs on it. So I'm wondering whether those songs came before The Elder Sessions and what were put out after... Were they done after the Elder before Creatures, or were they part of the Creatures session and didn't uh, Creature? I haven't looked it up. I I almost think that they were recording those prior to the Elder, and then when the idea for the Elder was pushed, it was got placed on the back burner. I think they were looking at more of a heavier. I think Ace was on board with that, and then they decided to go the Elder route, and then I don't know how that turned out. Yeah. Did I stump you, Ken? No. No, I just want to make sure that I don't, like, go, like, thinking, and then I have to, like, apologize for the next two years. (laughs) (laughs) Because people are not forgiving. These songs recorded at the behest of Phonogram Records in response to the commercial failure of 1981's music from The Elder. So they weren't quite heavy enough to be creature-ish, if you will, and I think Paul really does write for the album. You know what I mean? So when Phonogram Records said, hey, we need some, some tracks, this is what he shoved out. But to me, these songs have the same sound of his solo album. And people may say, well, duh, they're both written by Paul Stanley. But they really do seem to come from that same standpoint. You know what I'm saying? Because... That makes sense. Yeah. There's a lot of Kiss songs that you hear and you go, okay, that goes with this and so on and so forth. So to me, they've always had that Paul Stanley 1978 solo album sound to them. And you want to talk about songs that should have been on a soundtrack? Could you imagine the movie The Warriors with Nowhere to Run on it? Mm-hmm. That would have made that song a hit. Instead well, it should of, have been a hit in my opinion, but... Yeah. Instead of In so, the City, so... So recorded after the album. Yes. But probably in a different session. Yeah. And Bob Kulik was allowed to be Bob Kulik on that 
So, <laughs> as opposed to trying to making him sound like Ace during the a live two side four recordings, you know. So. Well, that makes a lot of sense. That the record company was yeah. songs. You realize that whole time that that you were looking that up, there was somebody out there listening, going, "I know the answer to that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it, it was so heartbreaking to me because it was like Kiss was super hot in high school and all of a sudden Van Halen and ACDC are creeping up and people are going, man, Kiss sucks. They're for kids. And I, I remember playing them the Alive 2 side four in the gym. We had a record player and we could just go in there and play basketball or just hang out and talk and me being the superior athlete I am, I would sit there and, and talk to people. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I would play them the four songs off of Alive 2, saying, this is what the next album's going to be like. You guys don't give up on Kiss. It's, it's, this is going to be a thing. And then when Dynasty came up, I remember on WMMS, they played it, uh, the, I Was Made For Loving You, and people actually called me up and were laughing at me on the phone. I still have nightmares to this day. But it's weird. Now, now I was made for love and you sounds like Kiss. Back when it first came out, I was like, what? Now it sounds like Kiss. Jason, you also would have liked to have seen a remaster revenge with a bonus live CD of one of the 1992 club dates. Damn, if, if they ever did a reissue of revenge, that's the way to go right there, don't you think, Roland? Uh, I don't know if the band would have profited a lot from that, but us as fans sure would have profited from that because those were those were some great shows. Mm-hmm. I got I have a couple of those bootlegs. Those those are amazing shows. Yeah, and they sound great. You should play something for one of them now. Here's a song that comes off that new album. The new album. Just in case you didn't know. We're not going on tour till August, but we feel so fucking fired up about this new album that we had to come out and spend tonight with a thousand of our closest motherfucking rock and roll fans right here in Brooklyn. This album's called Revenge. And I'll tell you something, this album's got the biggest dick any album of ours has had in a long time. You're going to like this one. Here's a song called Unholy. Yeah. 
know it's hot. I stood in line in front of a ticket master. I think I got there at about five in the morning mm -hmm. when those shows were going on sale. There was one in LA and I lived in Southern California at the time. And I was the third person in line. Mm. The first person in line got tickets. And by the time the second person in line, when the person you know, doing the thing at the computer tried to ring up, he went, sorry, they're sold out. <sighs> so only the first person in line at the place I was buying tickets, because all the Ticketmaster locations were selling tickets for that yeah. show. And it was, I don't know, probably 300 Insane. I just yeah. thought of something about the revenge thing because what Roland was saying, and like way things go now with you know, you think about the Love Gun Deluxe Edition not selling very well. But what if they were to do a package deal at the Bob Ezrin trilogy? Mm -hmm. Have Destroyer, Elder, and Revenge all with bonus tracks, concert bonus discs, or whatever. That's mm -hmm. just an idea. That would be kind cool. Of a package deal. Yeah. We all can agree that the band whether it be their management or KISS themselves or just whatever reasons they didn't do any of these things because they didn't you know, have us as paid advisors on the staff, which is another KISS opportunity as far as I'm concerned. But there's also a personal KISS opportunity. And I'm springing this on you guys. I didn't talk about this in advance. But I'm looking back at my life as a KISS fan, and there are times I was into the band more and times I was into the band less. But when I really dropped out of Kiss was when Hot in the Shade came out. Outside of the song Forever, I kind of was like, eh, I can give this one a go. And it's the one Kiss tour that I regret not seeing. That is my personal Kissed opportunity. Such a great tour. Loved it. That was probably, other than the Creatures tour, which was my first, I think I probably enjoyed the Hot in the Shade tour more than. Did you ha did you see the Hot in the Shade tour, Jason? I did, and actually, it's funny you mention that because when the Hot in the Shade album came out, I really I was in, in college was my first year, I believe, mm -hmm. my second year, and I really wasn't listening to them at, that much at that time. And a couple of friends from college, they were into similar music, said, "Hey, we're going to Montreal. Do you want to go?" And it was more or less I was like just said, "Yeah, I'll go." It's kind of a last minute thing. Yeah, it was a fantastic show. I'm glad I went. The crowd at Montreal is always crazy, so. So they have crazy, crazy nights up in Montreal? Yes, they do. Uh-huh. <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> so do you have a personal kissed opportunities? Well, it's kind of, kind of gory with your kissed opportunity from a live setting. I always wish I had seen them on the Revenge Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. all the energy they had, or even when they did the... Um, just how well they're playing. They were just deadly, amazing. deadly sharp. What's one tour I wish I had taken advantage of and gone to a concert? But I'm not sure what happened with it. What was going on in my life at the time, but I did miss that one. So that was for me a kissed opportunity. Plus kiss and strippers. Come on, dude, dude. If I had known that, see, we didn't have internet back then. Dude. If I had known that, I would have changed. See, I would have been there. Dude, Roland, <laughs> Roland, did you see the revenge tour? I did see the revenge tour. I, I know great. that we were talking about how you got screwed at the Ticketmaster. I just wonder if you actually wound up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I still definitely saw him in San Bernardino. Wow. Truly in a shed. I don't even remember the name of the venue. But it, was, it was hellhole compared to most of the other places I had seen them. They were, they were kind of forced to play these smaller venues, unfortunately. 
the Orange Show Pavilion, San Bernardino, California, on December 19th, 1992. Holy crap. By myself. I think, and I'm not 100% sure if it was the exact same venue, but it was somewhere in the same area where I saw, uh, where I went to the House of Lords video shoot. Mm. Uh mostly because Gene was their producer and I wanted to yes. see Gene and I caught him for five seconds walking uh, behind the back of the stage so it was <laughs> worth the six hours or whatever I spent to do that um, and one of the things I remember is everybody was holding up uh, I don't know if anybody remembers but back then in Southern California the big radio station was called KNAC and mm-hmm. they were a huge radio station Yeah, everybody brought their KNAC bumper stickers and people came up and they made an announcement. You have to put your KNAC bumper stickers down. We're going to hand out signs for you to hold up. And all the signs were in French. And they said, because we want it to look like they're playing in Paris. Wow. That's a trip. That was about a four-hour video shoot or something like that. It was, it was quite a while. They did, they did a couple of live songs and it was really fun. But anyway, there's just a and that stage didn't have uh, the the Statue of Liberty behind them on the San Bernardino show, right? No, yeah, it, was, it was stripped down. Yeah, I'm looking down. at it right now on YouTube, and yeah, the, it was stripped down. Wow. It's a small place compared to a lot of other places there. Yeah. So, Roland, what's your personal kissed opportunity? I think probably more than anything, maybe the convention tour. I would have loved just seeing them. Play, oh wait, I know, changed my just... mind. I'm going with that. I'm putting no. down on that. Hey, you know, I think I'm with you as well. <laughs> you guys forgot about that. I, I think that would have been really fun just to have them uh, talking to the audience, answering questions. And getting... Yeah. God, I'll never forget when I found out about it. It was so heartbreaking. I. Uh... I was living with this guy named Dave and we worked together and I was going through a divorce and I was so depressed. I mean, agonizing depression, right? And I was getting into bands like the Smashing Pumpkins and stuff like that. And Dave, who knows like I'm this insanely huge Kiss fan, he's like, Saturday night at about 6 o'clock, he goes, I'm surprised you didn't go see Kiss in concert because... They're doing this thing where you can talk to them and meet them. And it's like, you should have went. And I'm like, when did you know about this? Oh, two weeks ago. I was going to go, but I didn't feel like it. (laughs) And I was like, true life story. Agony. That was such an interesting time for the band, you know. Yeah. At least hearing Gene recount the, the story of how that all happened. You know, they just kind of didn't have a lot of money because, again, a great tour, the Revenge Tour, just was not that successful. They just couldn't go out on another arena tour, but they sure delivered with that convention tour. That that was great stuff. Right. So that's I, I you know, I'm sorry. It's, it's I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but that's such a great one. <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping in on that, and so we all three regret not being at those convention tours. God. What a mistake I made. Yes. And if I had gone to the L.A. show, mm-hmm. which is where I was living at the time, I would have seen Peter Crip. Yeah. You, you, you would have been there. Ugh, it hurts. It hurts so bad. So, Podkiss listeners, let us know what your personal 
kissed opportunity was. What did you miss out on that you could have seen? We're not saying like if you weren't alive in 1975 to see the band. <laughs> We're not talking something like that, but something that was within your grasp that you let slip away. What was your personal kissed opportunities? And one last thing before we go. Quick round table discussion. Jason, when you close your eyes and think of KISS, what one thing do you see? Um, I'd say if I close my eyes, I don't know, it just brings a smile to my face. How's that? That works. Roland, what do you see when you close your eyes and think of KISS? Two things. I took, uh, I was very, I was lucky enough to get a great shot of Gene breathing fire. And I yes, that was a great and shot. Yeah, 2010, 2011. I actually entered that shot into a photo contest on a photo site I go to, and I got second place at like 200 entries. That's pretty for darn good. Shots. Um, second place is not bad. It's okay. That's one. The other one is very similar to a picture you actually posted on Facebook just the other day of the whole stage with the logo mm-hmm. from the crowd's perspective, and you said still spectacular or something like that. Yeah. That image of Kiss's stage, it doesn't matter what tour it is, that big-ass logo and the band in front of it from the crowd, seeing that says a whole lot. There, there's just something about that image, that logo behind the band, whether they had makeup on, whether they didn't have makeup on. You know what you're in for when you see that image in your head. Yeah. Absolutely. KISS is still amazing and still bring it. And if you haven't seen KISS on tour, on the Freedom to Rock tour, and you get it while you can, folks. This is, it's still a great fun night out. It's its great to see KISS back in inside. I'm not, I've never been someone that liked outdoor concerts. And it's great to see them inside. It takes me back to the 80s when every concert you saw pretty much was in a in a in an arena in a coliseum kind of a setting and it was great back when we had things called the richfield coliseum as opposed to the tampax bowl or the taco bell center (laughs) or the quiznos whatever don't you miss those days guys when you i mean you used to be able to say i'm going to the whatever coliseum now it's yeah we're going to the kfc enormo dome so it's That's just horrible. not as cool. Horrible. I'm going to the Long John Silver's Arena. It's just yeah. Long Beach Arena. I yeah. saw them three or four four times at the Long Beach Arena. Love that. You know, there's just so much drama in the LBC. It's kind of hard being Snoop D O Double G. But anyway, sorry. I I do that sometimes. So I when I close my eyes and think of Kiss, I usually see the Alive album cover. So that's my Kiss happy place if you will doesn't get much better than that that's true you know whenever you get upset about the state of kiss or fans arguing brings you down or something you always find your kiss happy space because as as i've said before if you're not enjoying kiss you're doing it wrong well jason i'd like to thank you for being on this episode of the podcast and Thank you for the idea of Kissed Opportunities. We actually had kicked that around, but we'd kind of forgotten it. When you said Kissed Opportunities, I'm like, ah, we should have done that. And we did, and I told you I'd bring you back. I'm a man of my word. Here I am. really appreciate you having me on the show. It's been great talking with you guys. Um, again, I'm a big fan of podcasts and have been for years, so it's always quite a treat to be on the show. So thank you for that. Take, thanks for taking my idea 
and refining it, similar to what when yes, uh, Ace yes. designed the logo and Paul refined it. So of course. much much appreciation. That's what I do, you know. <laughs> and I have to give a shout out to your beautiful wife who is doing some modeling for our uh, podcast and Kiss Room shirts. So we look forward to that as well. So I will absolutely do that. If you want to just put her in panties, that's okay. But you know, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Whatever you, whatever you two feel comfortable with, life is good. All right, now I got my mind thinking here. <laughs> Mine too, but I'll. Go sanitize it with bleach. I'll be a good boy. I can't get away with the gene thing where I hit on other women, uh, men's wives I, I, or other women's wives. Roland, it is so good to have you. I look forward to what we're going to be doing soon with our look back at the creatures of the night era and as we look ahead towards the Kiss Cruise. It's going to be I can't fun. Wait. It's going can't to be wait. a blast. And thanks to both of you guys. This was really fun. Great topic. Really, really fun. And we'd like to send a shout-out to Matt Porter in the Kiss Room, the other side of the podcast, part of the podcast network. I also want to tell you to check out Joe Polo's show with Jody Havnot and Andrew Kiss, Podcast Rock City, who gives you weekly news updates on the band and discussions on what's happening that week and past, present, and future in Kiss culture. So check them out. We are looking at expanding the podcast. I can't give you the full details, but if something works out, we're going to go international, baby. So more podcasts coming your way. And remember, whenever you need your podcast fixed, it's the only thing that will keep us together. It's podcast time again. We thank you for listening. Let us know what you thought. Give us your personal kissed opportunity on Facebook. We will see you on all the social medias. Stay amazing on the next podcast. Check out these ads from the following shows. We are proud to call them the friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. We're a scene man. That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party, and you are invited. Tune into the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers, Jody Havnock, Clinton Harris, and D Rock. Join us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. That's Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or Podomatic.com. We'll see you there. It's time to play Hooky with the Wookie with Matt Porter in the Kiss Room. You wanted the best, you got the best. And if you want the hottest show on Monco Radio, join us in the Kiss Room. The Kiss Room is a monthly radio broadcast celebrating the hottest band in the world. It's your place for all things Kiss and some... For broadcast dates and all information, go to thekissroom.com. The Kiss Room broadcasts live and worldwide on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Hey, I'm Dr. Fuck. And I'm the Ayatollah of Alcohola. And we are from the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. 
If you want to check out some crazy, uncensored, unbiased, totally nuts reviews of classic hard rock and heavy metal albums, check us out. You can get us on Podbean and iTunes. New episodes every Sunday. That's right. And we also do each other's moms. True. Free of charge. Well, mine charges. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine's free. History Science Theater. The most civilized? Yeah. Oh, f***. <laughs> oh, f***. <laughs> Come on. Respectful. Just imagine Gene with, like like a, with like a wash tub base. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> And serious. No, wait. Excuse me, Bob. You're going to come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss Podcast on the web. History Science Theater. We bust balls because we care. Rock and roll and vinyl are meant to go together. <laughs> like drummers and strippers. <laughs> That's right. So maybe it's time to hop on down to your local record store and go digging for some lost gems on vinyl. And that's exactly what we do here at the Shabby Road Record Show. We pick selections from our own personal record collections, and then we discuss the songs, the artists, the albums, and the stories about the music that you may have never heard. And there's nothing more fun than listening to two knuckleheads spinning vinyl and talking music. So dive on into the five-star rated podcast, The Shabby Road Record Show. You can subscribe for free on iTunes, Spreaker, and Stitcher, where there's a new episode released every Tuesday. Also, you can find us on Facebook and at our website, ShabbyRoadRecordShow.com. Hey, this is Nick, co-host of The Pot of Thunder, the only KISS podcast that breaks down the entire KISS song catalog one track at a time. Every week we have a new song chosen at random, and we do our best to analyze it. We talk about KISS-related topics and non-KISS-related topics, all the while trying not to kill each other. If you like the sound of that, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and especially on iTunes. Pot of Thunder! Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Podcast Rock City. What's up, everybody? This is Joe from Podcast Rock City, where every week me and my crew will bring you the Kiss News of the Week. Look at us as kind of a Kiss version of Meet the Press, your source for Kiss News every week. We're on iTunes, Podomatic, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, KISS Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great KISS fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and listening to podcast. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. 
Hi, this is Jason Herner with Kiss My Wax, a brand new podcast about all things Kiss Vinyl. Be sure to join myself, Andrew Scambatti, and Tom Shannon each episode as we discuss the crazy world of collecting Kiss Vinyl. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Kiss My Wax and on YouTube by searching Kiss My Wax. We hope to see you all there. Oh, we're great at that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, we are amateurs. Yeah, I make all the sex sounds with my mouth afterwards. Squish. Ooh. This place is nice. Right? I'm glad you wore your nice flip-flops. Stay frosty, man. Okay. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podcast crew, thank you for listening to Podcast, the KISS fanzine for your ears. <laughs>